a new year, a new senator from the state of Georgia. You are listening to The Hard Screen. Major news outlets this morning are reporting that Reverend Raphael Warnock, a pastor at the famed Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, where civil rights icon Martin Luther King once was pastor, has defeated Kelly Loeffler for the U.S. Senate seat from the state of Georgia. If you recall, the WNBA players during the season wore Vote Warnock shirts in opposition to Kelly Loeffler. They didn't have to say her name to oppose her abhorrent policies, which catered to the Donald Trump base. Although the likes of CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, and other major outlets have called the race in Warnock's favor, his margin of victory is pretty slim, which is far short of a complete repudiation of Kelly Loeffler's policies, her views, the rhetoric, the way she used the players of the WNBA during the 2020 season as a political pawn to appeal to her base. So that still says a lot about the state of America being completely divided. However, Warnock won. He won because of the power of the WNBA players coming together as a collective to endorse his campaign without having to utter the name of an Atlanta Dream co-owner who opposed their dedication of the 2020 season to social justice, to Black Lives Matter, to the Say Her Name campaign, which we at the hard screen have been reporting on um, since these events uh, first began to take shape and uh, these decisions first were announced that the league, the players union, the players were all coming together in this effort. Leffler opposed these decisions, wrote an open letter to Kathy Engelbert, again, a performative effort to uh, appeal to the base of Trump supporters who, I guess, is her major voting block. Players were not having it <laughs> when they called for her ouster. She just doubled down on her rhetoric instead of say her name or Black Lives Matter on courts or on jerseys, Leffler's idea was for the players to wear U.S. flags on their uniforms as if we live in, um, you know, a militaristic society where everything is in service uh, to the government. That's what happens in dictatorships. The only time the players in the U.S. need to be wearing the country's flag on their jerseys is if they're playing an international competition like the Olympics. So, Without having to say her name, <laughs> uh, Leffler, um, the, the players strongly endorsed her rival and started yet another social movement, which these women very rarely get credit for. We saw just a few weeks ago the actress Kristen Wiig on Saturday Night Live wearing a Vote Georgia sweatshirt from Breaking Tea, and none of that would have been possible without the players' actions during the 2020 season spurring these events. 
You are listening to The Hard Screen. I'm your host, Tamron Sproul. And in this very first episode of the new year, 2021, more on the Leffler-Warnock race for the Senate seat in Georgia, plus a bit about why the WNBA hasn't so far done to Kelly Leffler what the NBA did to Donald Sterling several years ago. And we will conclude with my comments on how the media, particularly mainstream sports media, continues to erase Black women, particularly those of the WNBA, and even more specifically, uh, erasing the players of the WNBA from discussions of Warnock's victory in Georgia. Analysts go on shows and discuss the role of athletes and their activism in 2020, and LeBron James's name is always the one that's mentioned, as it should be, but it should never be mentioned alone at the exclusion of the WNBA because they're the ones who wore those Vote Warnock shirts, giving his campaign a boost that infused it with cash, allowed him to run ads, transform it, and win the race. So more on that in this first episode of the new year from the hard screen right after this. Welcome back. I have long said that win or lose the election, the Georgia runoff, Kelly Loeffler has to go. That's what the players have been saying, what the WNBPA, the Players Union, has been saying, and many fans as well. So win or lose, she has to go. And LeBron James may now be ready to step in and make that happen as results are coming in to as results for the special election were coming in last night, LeBron James tweeted his interest in starting an ownership group to buy Kelly Loeffler out of the Atlanta dream and asked, who's in with me? So perhaps LBJ, who has really put his money where his mouth is, has transformed communities, helped so many underserved communities and students gain higher education, who continues to use his platform, his money, every tool at his disposal to help marginalized people and marginalized communities, yet again, may be stepping up to rid the WNBA of an owner who is in direct opposition to everything the league stands for, especially a team like The Dream that was founded on the principles of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. So at the start of the week, I spoke with Nick Hamilton of the morning after about the Kelly Loeffler conundrum and why the WNBA hasn't taken steps so far to push her out of the WNBA, which is exactly what the players and the players union have gone on the record is saying they want to have happen. 
Here's an excerpt from that interview. Let's, let's get real, because on this show, we can definitely get real. <laughs> and Kelly Loeffler is definitely perpetuates racism. Um, she, she appears to be in line with Donald Trump and his philosophies. Um, she said a lot of different things. She's posed with a lot of white supremacists uh, and photos and things of that nature and then tried to, to, to double down on it um, and act like she didn't know what was going on, which is absolutely ludicrous and is, to me is a complete uh, insult to the intelligence of the American people, especially those in the black uh, and, and, and communities of color. So why is it so hard for the WNBA? Because we saw what happened in the NBA with Donald Sterling and his racist comments that were finally exposed and Adam, Adam Silver did an excellent job under the circumstances, making sure that Donald Sterling was banned from the NBA as an owner. Why is it so tough knowing that they've had examples before them about how to get rid of people who continue to disseminate this type of, uh, of racist rhetoric? Why is it so hard for the WNBA and, and Kathy Engelbert, who's the WNBA commissioner, to push for a move to get Kelly Loeffler out of the ownership box when it comes to the WNBA and the Atlanta Dream? I don't understand it. Um, the, I mean, that's a great question. I think that the WNBA has been around for, you know, going on 25 years. Um, and because it has always been up until very recently really thought of as the little sister to the NBA, um, things that go in the NBA don't really, um, things that are stricter in the NBA in terms of protocols and how to handle these things have not fully been instilled in the WNBA. And until recently, the WNBA has not had uh, such prominence as it once did when it first started in the late 90s. So now that it is becoming uh, a factor of, you know, this is terrible publicity for the league, um, I think it will become increasingly uh, more difficult in the new year for Engelbert and the other decision makers to not do something with Leffler because the players do not want her. The players union, you know, they tweeted enough out. They want her gone. And um, it's interesting that Leffler has made a point to spend so much of her commentary towards, oh, there should be a separation between sports and politics. Well, she was a co-owner. She's a businesswoman who became a politician. <laughs> She's the one who introduced politics into the mix, not the players. And as you said, we're at a time in our country, you know, a racial reckoning of, of sorts, um, kind of a delicate time with so much on the line. And she stands in direct opposition to everything the majority of the players stand for. Um, so now that she's made herself known, no matter what happens tomorrow in the runoff election, I don't see how she can continue because, you know, we're getting to the point. If you remember some of the Clippers players um, back when the Donald Sterling thing right. was going on, they were saying, you know what? We're not playing for him. <laughs> we're, not, we're not playing so long as he's the team owner. And that's the kind of publicity that the WNBA should be looking to avoid. point do you see the players actually walking away and saying we're not playing until the WNBA commissioner and the WNBA as a league does something to get this woman out of here um I have no I have not talked to any of the dream players to to base my opinion on anything but all I can say is the players I have talked to and their commitment to social justice they're not backing down like this is not a 
you know, this is a movement. It's not a moment. You know, like Renee Montgomery, also in Atlanta, has spoken a lot about that. It's like, this is a movement, not a moment. And they, and uh, Bethany Donovan um, in League Operations has said that she backs the players' continued efforts. So Kelly Loeffler's the one who doesn't fit. I don't see them backing down. Well, I hope they don't. I've always said that the players really have the true power when it's all said and done as they come together and with a collective effort. And thus far, these ladies have done an outstanding job uh, making their voices heard. So I hope people on board continue to to listen to these ladies and support them because they have a very valid point. Uh, there's no there's no reason to have this this woman with her her ideology in the WNBA as uh, such a high position as as ownership. I think that's absolutely ludicrous. I think it's ridiculous. And I think the WNBA needs to stop cowering behind and worrying about what the aftermath could be and worry about what the aftermath could be if you don't move in that direction to get Kelly Loeffler up out the paint. Well, LeBron James may yet again be putting his money where his mouth is. He may be ready to form an ownership group to push Kelly Loeffler out of the paint. It's just unfortunate that it took election day to come and go for anyone to be willing to step up and really demand her ouster. The players did, but other higher profile people, including media, similar to what happened with the Donald Sterling case, have needed to push for the idea. And as reported on throughout the season, going back to the summer, win or lose, it was very difficult to see a path that she could take to retain her ownership stake in the Atlanta Dream or have any continued involvement in the WNBA. Once you burn as many bridges as she did, once you hang the players out to dry, especially at a very delicate time in our social history and at a time where players were literally concerned for their own safety and thinking about their own mortality. These are mainly 20-something, 30-something women who have these concerns that when I take my jersey off and I leave the gym or I leave the arena or what have you, that it could be me who was killed by police. So if you're going to rub salt in the wounds of racial injustice and people who are emotionally impacted by that. You know, it takes the lowest of the low to behave in that manner. So even if she had won and wanted to continue her, uh, her, her Senate, um, her political career, it would be very difficult to justify how it's to justify the coexistence of her involvement with the league and her politics. There seems to be a, a very major um, conflict of interests here. And if she had lost and decided, okay, I'm just going to go back to being a businesswoman and owner of the Atlanta Dream or maybe other um, sports franchises, because we learned that just before the election, she became a billionaire with a B, then it's then still how do you repair the relationship and the damage that you've done to these players on the final day on election day on on Tuesday the 5th salon ran a couple of reports uh number 1 
um, reporting on her becoming a billionaire and jokingly saying that she's a Republican representing the Cayman Islands, not the state of Georgia. And in similar reports announced that she didn't appear for 80% of the votes. So she's not even voting on behalf of Georgia's residents. Um, she's been out gallivanting around the country uh, campaigning and only voted on 20% of the things she needed to do. So she hasn't even done the job. And then the most concerning and despicable announcement from the Salon report from from reporters from Salon on Tuesday was the amount of money she spent on advertisements on Facebook that showed Warnock with darker skin going to the extremes of darkening somebody's skin color to play on the racist fears of people who think that people with dark skin are inherently bad how do you come back to that and look those players in the eye and you know want to continue on as normal like there's some lines you don't cross she crossed every single one of them in lockstep with what she has seen Trump do and get away with and just continually push those boundaries and expecting it to always work out in their favor. And perhaps if this was other players in a different league, maybe it would fly. I, I have zero confidence that um, the, the players <laughs> will allow her to stay in her role pretty much by any means necessary because she burned all the bridges. She crossed all the lines. Um, it's hard to imagine that there would be any kind of contrition, any kind of apology. And we're already hearing that she and David Perdue, who lost the other part of the ticket, the Senate race, um, to John Ossoff, um, it's hard, you know, we see that they're already positioning themselves to try to decry uh, so-called election fraud when you lost, you know, too bad it wasn't by an overwhelming majority of voters in Georgia repudiating in strong terms this kind of racist anti-Semitic rhetoric. Because with Ossoff on his side of the ticket, Purdue ran ads showing him looking not like his normal self, as he actually does in his actual human form, but gave him exaggerated features like a larger nose playing up to anti-Semitic tropes. So shame on you, Georgians, for not overwhelmingly just demolishing candidates who stand for this kind of ongoing hatred in America. You've been listening to The Hard Screen. Thank you for joining us for this first episode of 2021. To receive full written reporting on this topic and others, please go to our website, thehardscreen.net, and subscribe to our newsletter where, where you will receive occasional written reporting on the show episode topics. While you're there, check out our merch. We've got some amazing swag from face masks and tapestries and mugs to journals and onesies and hoodies and so much more. You'll be supporting a, an independent podcast and a freelance journalist who is very grateful for any and all support to keep this show running. 
The cool thing about the merch is that you can get them printed with or without the hard screen logo, but you will get the cool textures, whether our signature color with the basketball texture, the white bricks or green wood as background. So many choices to be made and you can rep and support the hard screen even if you're not a person who likes to wear words on your body. On social media, you can find us on Twitter at hardscreenpod. Stay safe and wear a mask.